Hello, my friends. I am so excited to bring you this episode. Um, this is a friend of mine, Amy, who I met while I was traveling, and I like could not love this episode more. Amy and I talk about the ways that traveling on your own forces you to face yourself, to face your feelings, and to step outside of your comfort zone. And the way that that opportunity to do that builds confidence, to do things that you've never done, makes you feel good in who you are. We talk about the transition of your 20s into your 30s and how we all run into so many of the same like existential problems and anxieties and fears. So even though we recorded this a couple of months ago, so many of the topics just have come up for me in the last couple of weeks. Um, being comfortable with yourself, acknowledging that not everybody's going to like me and that's okay, uh, to still show up as you are. And if you really want to connect with people, you can't only share the good stuff. That was my favorite topic of the conversation. You've got to open up. Uh, I loved this conversation with my friend Amy and I hope you guys do too. I will see you soon. Hi friends. Welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast hosted by Liz Basil Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I am so, so, so excited for today's guest. This is my friend, Amy, who we met last year, and you guys will have just heard uh, Lucia's episode. We actually met the same night. We all met at the same <laughs> bar crawl, <laughs> pub crawl in Galway, Ireland, at a hostel that I like was up in the air about if I wanted to stay at. There were like two other hostels that showed up on my what was that app? Hostel World app <laughs> um, for like the same price, but this one included dinner. So I was like, ah, fine, I'll do that one because it's like a little cheaper, like or one euro more, but I won't have to buy dinner. Um, so I'm so excited we have reconnected or we kind of like stayed in touch while we were gone. Um, but we've reconnected and she is like my like maybe number one supporter of this podcast. And I just <laughs> <laughs> love her so much. I love you so much, Amy. Um, and without further ado, who do we have here today? Oh my goodness, that intro. <laughs> First of all, I've been telling people about you mostly because I've been um, recommending your podcast to them. I'm like, oh, my good friend from my year abroad, Liz. And they're like, oh, like, you know, where did you guys volunteer together? Like, how long did you live together? And I'm like, oh, no, I was a pub crawl leader and I took her on a pub crawl. We literally have spent two hours um, in person together. Um, but yeah, we did kind of, I mean, we really clicked that night. Um, I think, like, we were just both very vulnerable with each other and just clicked right away. And then exchange numbers and just kept in contact throughout the rest of the year. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Um, I am the number one fan of this podcast. Um, <laughs> so feeling, feeling very honored to be on it. Awesome. Oh, well, it's, it's an honor to have you here. I'm super excited. Um, just something that we have like been connecting on recently is just like the ups and downs, the highs and lows. And I think that that also was like something that we were really able to connect on. I mean, I so appreciated being finally in a, an English speaking country when I was in Ireland after I had been in so many, I was in, you know, France and Italy and Germany. And I was like, this is a little scary, but we're going to do it. I'm going to keep on going. And you guys, I mean, it was just, we just had such a great group that night. It was like so really? great. I'm like so happy. I'm like grateful that like our paths crossed and it's been what, like what an adventure watching your adventures. So tell us a little bit about like how, what, what happened? Why were you there? Why were you in Galway that night? Okay. Um, First of all, for a second, I thought this would just be an hour of us going back and forth going, no, I love you more. <laughs> that's how it's starting. <laughs> we'll do that on our own time. Right. Um, yeah. So I guess my story starts at my edge of fear moment, um, which was I was in a job. So I um, was a teacher in Denver, Colorado. Um, I was teaching for about four and a half years. And in that final school year, things had just gotten really bad. Um, it was a great school doing amazing work, um, but it was very high stress. 
Um, it was, it was a hard workplace and it wasn't a good match for me. Um, and the final year had gotten so bad for me that I was honestly like feeling like nauseous, like going into work. Like that's how stressed out I was. I was working about 60 hours a week. Um, and I had no work-life balance. I was not well. Um, and I went to therapy and, uh, yeah, so I went to therapy and I went in there being like, okay, I want anti-anxiety, anxiety medication. And this therapist was like, do you want to be medicated? Um, to have to go to work every day. And I was like, no, of course not. But I need to like get through the school year. Um, this was like October. Um, and we talked about it and she basically was like, I'm not supposed to tell people what to do, but I think you should quit. And at the time I was like, I can't do that. I'm not a quitter. I've never quit anything that's so cowardly. And that's when she said, you know, I think being a, a doing, hold it, like not doing what's best for you or putting yourself first because you're afraid of what other people are going to think is the cowardly thing to do. And putting your health and wellness um, and your well-being first is the brave thing to do. Um, and so it kind of was this moment. And I, I mean, it wasn't in that moment that I decided to quit. It was many, many more weeks of therapy. Um, <laughs> but eventually I did come to the decision to quit, which to this day is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and that those last four months, that, that semester at that school and the month where I was going through the process of quitting was the worst part of my life. Like the hardest, saddest, most traumatic part of my entire life. Um, so then moving forward, I went back to therapy and my therapist was like, all right, so you're not working at this job. What do you want to talk about? And it was in that moment that I kind of realized that, um, you know, when you graduate from high school or when you graduate from college, you're kind of forced to make a decision to change. And I'm someone that's always been very resistant to change and transition. So I thought, I feel like I'm just going to keep living in Denver. Um, I'd been dating the same person for six and a half years. I think I'm going to keep living in Denver, keep dating the same person year after year because it's the easiest transition thing to do. Um, and nothing's going to force me to leave. And she basically said, well, is there anything that you want to do? And this idea of like, well, I really want to move abroad, but I, I could never, my sister had done it for a year in New Zealand, but I was like, I could never live abroad for a year. I could never live in a hostel for longer than like two weeks. And so I had made this plan that between careers, I was going to go to Ireland because it was English speaking and I'd never solo traveled before. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll go to Ireland. I'll sublet an apartment and I'll just be there for three months and then I'll come back and I'll get my shit together and I'll find a new career. Um, I went to Ireland. There's a huge housing crisis. There were no apartments to sublet. So I ended up living in a hostel. Um, and yeah, I extended my flight at the end of those three months for another three months. And then after those three months, I extended my flight another six months. Um, so I actually, I've been home for a month, but I, I did spend a full year um, in Europe volunteering and backpacking and long story long <laughs> the name of my memoir uh is that it was i hesitate to say that it was the best year of my life but it was absolutely the most growth that i've ever had i feel like i grew more in that one year in europe than i did in the last six years in denver um and there's a lot of reasons for that which i'm sure we'll talk about in this episode but i don't want to say it's the best because um, and people, I've been back a month and people are like, oh my God, I've been following you on Instagram. Like, it looks like you had the best year ever. And it was amazing. It was incredible. It was such an important year for me. But of course I wasn't posting all the shitty times that I had. Like I had the lowest lows, the hardest times, um, this past year. Um, but they're also some of the times that I appreciate the most because I grew from it. Um, so yeah, that, that's me. That's, that's what I've been up to. And now I'm back and I'm adjusting and it's a weird, it's, it's a weird time right now. Um, as I've been talking to you about it, but yeah. Okay. So a couple of things opened up for me on that and we'll get back to the, like this being the adjustment period, but <clears throat> your therapist said <laughs> you should quit your job. I've never heard of such a thing. Wait, yeah. I need more on this. Yeah. I think, um, I think it was because I went in there and like demanded <laughs> medication. I was like, I, like I explained how I was feeling at this job, what my day to day was like, how it was impacting me. Like, you know, I wasn't eating breakfast because I was feeling 
so like so much anxiety and so much nausea like going into work and um and the fact that I think she saw how much I was struggling with it and you know I remember I don't think she said it in our first like <laughs> our first thing I told her all the stuff and I was like you know I want medication and she's like I mean we we can talk about that but you know and because I and then I was like and if not that like definitely stress coping mechanisms and you know how to do work-life balance and all that and you know, she was like, we, she's like, okay, we can talk about this, this and this. And, you know, we can also talk about the possibility of quitting. Um, and I was like, uh-huh. And I remember I left and I called my sister and I was like, this therapist said I should quit. Like, can you, can you believe that? And here I was, you know, I was surrounded by other teachers that were also struggling and stressed, but like, you know, you're doing it for the kids. And I was almost like in this cult of like, why would I quit? We don't quit. Teachers don't quit. Like you commit to a year, like you don't leave kids behind. Um, but I think she saw how much I was struggling. And, you know, when I told her I was like, quitting is not an option. And she was like, you know, at first she was like, okay, well, let's talk about why it's not an option. Um, and then that's when I said that it was cowardly and all this stuff. But I think she could see in that moment how lost I was and how out of touch with my gut I was and how much I was being impacted by kind of these like societal norms of like pushing through um, and not putting myself first. And I think she just saw... I mean, at one point she just said, listen, we can work for the next seven months in therapy, but if you stay at this, this work environment is not for you. I think if you stay there, you'll never get to the happiness level that you want. Because I thought, oh, what if I quit and I'm depressed and I'm, I'm feel guilt and all this stuff. And she's like, I think we could work on that in like a month of therapy. Whereas if you stay at this job, it'll be seven months of us working towards something that I just don't think you're going to attain. So she gave me that wow. tough love, which I don't, I don't think a lot of therapists do, but no. I'm so thankful. Jenna, if you're listening, <laughs> shout out to you. Who's changed my life, honestly. Um, I mean, so- literally, like that is a, what a special bond you have with her. I, Amy and I have talked at length about Jenna and I love her. I also. talk about Jenna to everyone. <laughs> yeah, she's wonderful. Um, so yeah, like seriously, shout out to Jenna. Shout out to all the good therapists. And I think, I mean, I don't, I obviously like didn't go to school to be a therapist. So I, my role here is limited, like <laughs> as the pseudo therapist, as I often call myself. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just, I, but I think that that's like the beauty of it is that none of us know what we're doing. So I think that when you find a therapist that you really connect with and that like you really feel seen that's hilarious that you called your sister right after and we're like how dare she right worst who does she think she is she doesn't know what she's talking about she doesn't know me at all um before we get back to the adjusting part how long were you away when i met you in november no that was the first week in december the first week in december um so i had been it was like two and a half months in to what was supposed to just be my three month trip. That's right. And around after meeting you, I think that's around like sometime in December, I made the choice to extend my flight because it was coming to an end and something in me. And again, like, I think I had a Skype therapy session with Jenna um, because at that point I just wasn't very in touch with my gut yet. And I didn't know what I wanted. And I, ha- I felt like I needed to talk to her for her to help me come to that understanding rather than doing it on my own. But I was someone that was a really big planner and I was like, oh, but I'm supposed to go back. And she was always that voice that was like, okay, but how are you feeling now? If you're, if you're feeling like you want to stay longer, now's the time to make that decision. Um, And I still needed that validation from her and from other people, which was a very big theme in my life up until, you know, as I went through, it's been a process this year of learning, getting back in touch with my gut and knowing what I want and acting on it without meeting other people. Um, but yeah, I think it was about two and a half months into this like 12 month journey. <laughs> Wild. So we were like really very in line with how, cause I only had like two weeks left on my trip when I met you. Um, and you probably only had like three weeks left. I think you were getting ready to leave and you were really upset about it. Yep. Wow. Sue's. So, getting, getting a lot of clarity on a lot of things, but yeah, I remember it like, and so it's interesting. So the reason that I asked that is because, um, it sounds like Jenna wouldn't have, wouldn't have just said that to just anybody. She said it because she knew like your potential and she saw like 
what you were capable of and and just how much you had must have grown since she saw you last already. And I felt like it was so to me I was like, well first of all, I mean there's it's so funny when you meet somebody and they're in like a an authority figure position. And yeah. so to me you were like even though you're one year younger than me. Wow, age is super important. <laughs> but like <laughs> You were my pub leader. So I was like, okay, first of all, you know about this city at least. So like, I'm going to listen to you. Second of all, look at all these people that you know here. So like, I definitely want to be on your good side. And then third, like you had been traveling and like, and you had a much looser plan than I had. Like I, I knew for sure that I was going back for a wedding. Like I had a wedding in December and I was like, I want to be home for Christmas. It was like loosely you know, ending at that rough time, but I was pretty sure I wanted to be home for Christmas. And so for me, like you, you had no idea. And I remember talking to you about it, but it's, it's very interesting that Jenna would say that to you because I feel like I sensed that in our two hours of knowing each other that I was like, I really like, like dig this girl's confidence. And so it's so funny. Like it's, I I think that we all just think that about everybody that we like, that everybody else is running around with like such confidence about them. Mm. And actually we're all like second guessing everything that we do. Oh my God. And yeah, just thinking back to, I think at that point, like two and a half months in, I remember calling my mom and saying, I'm thinking about extending and telling her, I feel like I've grown more in the past three months than I have in the last like year or two years in Denver. Like I just need to keep this going. And what was crazy was, so I did three months in Ireland and then I, you know, went around Europe volunteering and backpacking, whatever. And I ended my trip back in Galway. So when I came back, it was almost a year later and I walked back into this city. And then first of all, it like felt like home because I had made home for myself in a couple of different places, which was really special coming back. But I walked in and I was like, wow, like when I first came to Galway, <laughs> I was, I mean, it was my first time solo traveling and I kind of like walked in. And I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? I mean, I think the first, that hostel that we stayed at, uh, I, I walked into that hostel and people were like having sex <laughs> in the, in the bathroom of my, uh, in the hostel room. And I was like, oh my God, like, I can't do this. I think I, I, then I went into the, like, common space and I tried to talk to these three girls and they kind of shut me down which is not the norm in a hostel but that was like my first experience right and I went to a a grocery store and I got wi-fi and I called my sister crying and I was like I want to come home I can't do this I was like I'm socially awkward I can't talk to people I don't know how to make friends um I can't live in a hostel like all of these like I can't I can't I can't so I came back and I thought I like wow I can do anything. Like I've done so many things this year that I didn't think I could do. And I was, I mean, I was having this moment. I like went to the Saturday market in Galway. This was after a year of being gone. And I was watching these buskers play music. I started crying and my friends are like, are you okay? Um, But for anyone that doesn't know me, I cry when I'm sad, but I also cry when I'm really happy. And I was like, the last time I was here listening to a busker, it was right before I had made my decision that I was going to extend I had absolutely no plans except I had a flight booked to Germany because I wanted to see the Christmas markets. I had no volunteering set up, no plan. Um, And I just, I was like, I just want to go back and thank like December 2018, Amy, for taking that leap when I was so scared and I didn't have that confidence yet. It's funny that you thought I did, but I definitely did not. And I was like, I have now had all of these experiences that I wouldn't have had if I just if I was like, oh, it's too scary or I won't. And I don't know, just thinking, you know, I was, you know, ski patrol. I worked a ski season in Slovakia. I was a personal chef in Croatia with literally zero cooking experience. Um, I was like a, like a social, like social chair of like a hostel, like pub crawl leader in Seville, Spain and Budapest. And like, just doing all of these things that I never thought I could do, living long-term in hostels. Um, you just adapt and there's nothing more empowering than doing things that you didn't think you could do. So I was, I was looking at this busker, just like crying, being like, thinking if I had just left after those three months, all of those experiences that I wouldn't have had. And I feel like a different person now, but I just feel like maybe what you saw in me and what Jenna saw in me, like it's been in me all along, but I didn't see it. Um, and this year really brought it to the forefront. Yeah. And it's so powerful. I don't know. I'm going to leave it on that. It's, it's so true. So, okay. So getting back to what you were saying about, um, 
you know, that you were really only like people were coming up to you when you got home and saying like, I've been following your journey on Instagram and it looks like it was the best year. And you said that, you know, you haven't been posting about your lows, but you had been messaging me about your lows. Yeah. So I- <laughs> So I had been knowing about your lows, which is so funny because I feel like that even happened before, like, I mean, definitely before the podcast, but really before I was like all in on, on the journey and the blog and everything. Um, but like Lucia really connected with me about the same thing. She was like, I'm going through all of these same things. And that's, I mean, it was, it was so much in the people that I met while traveling that I was inspired to start this project because I was like, and it's something that Amy and I have talked about in the past and recently just about um, how it feels like sometimes it's easier to connect with strangers than it is with the people that like know you and love you because it's so easy to just be like, yep, everything's fine in my relationship. Everything's fine in my marriage. Everything's fine at school. Yeah. I'm really excited about this promotion. And like when the reality of it is like, we're like stuck in our mundane and like bored to tears, but with a stranger, there's none of those like preconceived notions and there's none of the should have, would have, could have like, oh, well, maybe if you didn't fuck that guy in high school, like, (laughs) you know, like we just like, we pass our judgment no matter what. And so it is, it's, it's really interesting that we do share, we do, I feel, especially as a traveler, I think you, there's such a, an easy in to share your lows with other travelers because you're like, oh, they're definitely experiencing this too. I, I definitely agree with that. And many times throughout my travels, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm more myself here with these people that I barely know than people back home. Um, and I think part of that is when you're home, you kind of fall into these roles um, and you act and say things in a way that you feel like, you know, other people are perceiving you that way. And so you just naturally fit that role. Um, I think solo traveling, I mean, I'm a huge, huge supporter of it. I was really nervous to do it. Um, but when I, when you're traveling on your own, I mean, if you want to hang out with people, you have to put yourself out there. Um, and I think like in this year journey, it's so funny. There's like, I think of like my journey of being single, like that has changed, like, you know, that has been huge because it coincides, my breakup coincides with my year abroad. Um, also just like my, my feelings about myself in like social settings, my feelings about doing scary things, all of that. Like I can pinpoint cities where I had these like breakthroughs or breakdowns, you know, whatever. Um, but definitely at the beginning, I was super, super insecure about how much I talk. <laughs> and Liz knows I send her these like voice messages that are like six minutes long. And I, I just can't stop. But, um, and anyone that knows me well knows that I can just talk forever. Um, and when I started and I was in Galway, I was with 20 other volunteers. And I was, there were two people that I really, really connected with right off the bat, Joey and Hannah. Those, those two people, I talked their ear off, like no problem, because I felt really close with them. But when we were in big group settings or when I was meeting people the first time, I would really like, I'd be telling a story and talking and talking. And then I'd go, oh, I should probably stop talking. I don't want people to think that I'm annoying. And so I did five different volunteer jobs. And with every volunteer job, by the time I got to the fifth one, I was like, this is me. And I don't care. And I think at the beginning in Galway, I was like, oh, I just want everyone. I want all 20 of these volunteers to like me. Right. But by the time that I got to um, Budapest, which was my last volunteer job, I thought, okay, well, I'd rather have two people really love me for who I am than 20 people to love me for someone I'm pretending to be. And then I also realized I don't like everyone. Not everyone's going to like me. That's okay. And also like, yeah, I do talk a lot and I used to apologize for it. And then along the way, like I had friends in Slovakia that were like, no, I I like listening to you speak, you know? And then in Seville, I remember talking to this girl and I was like, oh, I don't think, I won't say his name, (laughs) this guy, I don't think this guy likes me. I think he thinks I'm annoying and I didn't really like him either, you know? And she was like, who cares? Like, if he doesn't want to hear your stories, like I love hearing your stories, hang out with me. Like you don't like, why would you want to hang out with him anyway? And it just made me realize like talking a lot is part of who I am, but I also feel like I do have something to say. And if people don't want to hear it, they're not going to spend time with me and that's okay. And it's like, that has been a hugely freeing thing. And since I've been back, I've been like 
definitely on this vulnerability kick because it's really easy to fall back into those like, oh, I should be speaking a certain way and talking about certain things, but I don't want to lose that like uh, how I was so myself abroad. I want to bring that back with my family, with my people, the people that I'm meeting here. Um, because if people don't like me when they meet me, then that's okay. But I don't want to spend time with them anyway, if that makes sense. Like if I don't connect with them naturally, then it's okay. And I will, there are other people that I do. And those are the people that I want to spend my time with. Totally. And that's something that um, you and I had talked about and was kind of an inspiration for the um, the episode that I just put out a couple of days ago, um, Disposable Humans, because it's like we we get a point in our brain for every person that likes us, even if we don't give a shit about them. And like, it's so fucking crazy. Like this year, I've just come to terms with what you're saying, which is like, who cares if they don't like me? But also like, do I, like, I, I don't care if they don't like me. So I got that. But like, what about, and, and also like what you said, do I like them? But also what about like, what if I don't have any expectation for them? And what if their presence is just their presence? What if they are just another person here and we're meant to cross paths and not teach each other anything, but to like meet each other and to know each other. And it's like, we always have this expectation of like, this person is supposed to be my friend or this person I should date or like should, would, could, always, always with the shoulds. And it's like, why does it have to be anything? It doesn't have to mean anything either. It can mean something or it can mean nothing. But like, I don't know. I think we we just hold these expectations of ourselves and of other people. And it's just really interesting when you're a foreigner in a foreign country and you just see things clearer. It just makes more sense. And And then talking about it, it just clarifies things so much. Like, I love that your friend said that, like, well, what about me? Cause at home you'd be like, but I'm lonely and I need a boyfriend. Like, that's why it's important. Like I got that same, Amy. <laughs> like I'm really fucking lonely. I just want somebody to like, wants to talk to me every day. I can't just talk to you every day, even though we do, but. <laughs> <Still do. laughs> yeah. I mean, I think another thing that she said was like, you can be the juiciest, sweetest peach in the world, but not everyone's going to like peaches. And I was like, that is so true. But of course, like we are, we do want to connect with others and we do want people to like us. Um, And it like, it used to be hard for me to not be liked. Or if I got the sense that someone thought that I was annoying, it like, it hurt. And I wanted to change their mind. And, but now it's like, what a waste of, I see now, I see a lot of things more clearly, I think, but it's just like, it's a waste of energy. Um, and it's, I'm just happier. I'm feeling more comfortable in my own skin and it just, it feels good to kind of speak what's on my mind and yeah. I love it. Um, so now I want to get back to, um, we were talking about like the highs and the lows. And I think it's been, it's been so interesting to watch like, just kind of your transition back into the U.S. So I asked Amy to be on the show while she was still away. And I was like kind of pushing, maybe even a little too pushy. <laughs> and I was like, Amy, I need you to be on the show before you leave. Like, it's really important that we do this before you leave. I know you're leaving soon. Like, let's do it before you leave because once you leave, everything changes. And I only knew this because four months prior, I had left. And literally everything changed like the day I got home. And it wasn't like it was lost. It wasn't lost forever. Thank God I voice memoed it and wrote that shit down everywhere. But like to remind me, but like those lessons, they're just, they're so clear when you're there and then they're gone. I think like any breakthrough moment that you don't like really turn into a a daily practice, I think those breakthroughs just, you know, they come and they go. Um, And so the last like couple of weeks since you've been home, and really like reconnecting with you about like what you were just saying about like your confidence about you know your need to plan or your need to like fit in or your need to even like now your need to like stand out kind of you're like I I have to leave again and like I don't want to be here and like whether or not to connect with people vulnerably and like talk about things that are hard and so just watching you like remember 
these lessons that you've learned and these things that have become so ingrained in you and now trying to like implement them, like you were saying, um, back in, it feels like a foreign place, but back in like your home where you lived your whole life, where you spent the majority of your time and now trying to bring those lessons back into your current life the way that you're living them now and it's it's not fucking easy and that's why I'm like get on the podcast and let's just talk it out (laughs) uh I can verify that Liz was extremely pushy (laughs) in my last (laughs) few weeks in Europe I was like Liz I'm having so much fun I'm like doing these I'm like leading boat parties in Budapest like I don't want to sit down for an hour and a half and talk about it like I'm having too much fun Um, and you were like, but things will be different. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just was trying not to think about it. Um, and I also had seen other people, Americans go from living abroad for like six months to a year. Um, this one guy that was living in Spain for six months, a girl who was living in Berlin for a year. And I saw them go back to the U S like through their Instagram stories. And I reached out to them and I was like, oh, how is it? You know? And both of them independently were like, I'm not going to lie. It's really hard. I'm really miserable. Um, And old Amy would have spent like my last month in um, Europe being like, oh my God, but what is it going to be like when I, when I go home and stress, stressing about the future and what if, what if I'm actually really proud of myself. And I think it shows a lot of growth that I really wasn't thinking about it that much until it got really close. So when you were like, it's going to be different. And I was like, yeah, but like, I'm not going to think about that now, but okay. You were totally right. Um, (laughs) um, but yeah, so, I mean, but this is, thankfully I have like journaled throughout the entire year. Um, so all of those lessons are kept very preserved. And like you said, it's a practice and it's something that, you know, I have to think about and utilize every day to keep it going. Um, it's not like I came, come back and I'm like, Oh, I know everything now, like not even a little bit. Um, do I think I know myself better? Absolutely. Do I feel like I have a little bit more perspective on the world? Absolutely. Um, do I think I know everything? No, definitely not. Do I feel like I have room to grow? A hundred percent. Some of the things I know I want to work on, some of the things I don't even know yet what I want to work on. Um, and just one more reference to Jenna, because she's great, is that before traveling, there were so many things that she, there were all these lessons that my therapist had was trying to get me to learn that I didn't internalize until I went abroad. Um, And so anyways, I know that there's things now that I want to work on that hopefully, I just want to like preface that, like, cause I don't want to be like, I know everything now. So anyways, now I'm back and you know, I felt like so great at the end of it. Like I said, I went to Galway and I was like, I feel like I was this caterpillar and I'm a butterfly. Like I know myself. I've like done all of these things that I've been so scared about. Like I've confronted so many fears. That's been like the biggest takeaway is like facing fear head on. And then that that's been huge for me. Anyways, I come back here and I feel really different. I feel super changed. I feel different. Like I'm seeing everything differently and I come back and it feels like everyone and everything is exactly the same. Um, So the only way that I can describe it is that it's like my brain was coming back here. It was like a computer that was turned back on and it was like, I had 75 software updates, a thousand tabs open, like the little spinning beach ball of doom. Like it was like overload of processing. And it was just like, I was like, does not compute, does not compute because here I am, like my relationship to money. Like I went an entire year with no money coming in, not a single dollar, did not earn a dollar, just spent and spent and spent. And yeah, I volunteered to save, to save money on like not spending it on accommodation and stuff. But like, I come back and I live in the Bay Area and, you know, it's one of the most, if not the most expensive place in the country. Um, And so when you talk, when I talk to my friends and I ask them, so what's going on? What's new? What's your year been like? Everyone talks about work. It's very expensive to live here. So work does need to be a priority. You do need to like be thinking about promotions. Like work does need to be a big part of your life. And a lot of them work in tent companies in San Francisco and nothing wrong with that. And if that makes them happy, like I'm happy for them. Um, for me, I know it's not what, it's not my path right now. And a lot of them are getting engaged, moving in with boyfriends, like so happy for them, not my path right now. But I feel like I was almost like living in a cult for a year where everyone, like all fellow travelers were like, I mean, think about it. Like collectively, all of us were like in our society, like not just Americans, like people from all over 
thinking, okay, there must be something more than this. And that's why we all went abroad. So already we have this like shared commonality of like, it's like we were all these like cars and our check engine lights came on and all of us, some, some people suppress it and ignore it, but all of us were like, we need to do something about it. Like something's not right. And we went abroad and we met and we had these amazing conversations. We were vulnerable, all of that. And then I come back and it's like, I just feel really like disillusioned by a lot of it and things that I used to think were like important don't feel important anymore. Um, places that I thought, like I was like, oh, San Francisco is so magical. And now I'm just super disenchanted. I'm like, this place is so expensive and people are working like so much to just pay for their like $2,000 rent room. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. Like things that used to make me happy, a lot of like materialistic things and like, they don't make me happy anymore. But a lot of my friends are still completely bought into that or on the trajectory of like what society, like that one path. And I'm now feeling, but there's other paths and traveling and, you know, doing this and whatever. It's not, I'm not advancing my career. I'm not meeting someone that I'm going to marry. I'm not like saving money for a house or retirement. Like, but I think that it's just as viable as, as a path as a nine to five. Um, but I'm being dropped back into a society that really does not, <laughs> does not like believe that. So I feel like I'm almost in like a fucking black mirror episode right now, like not to be dramatic, but I feel like I, it's like I went beyond the curtain and then I'm coming back and I'm like, guys, like I just saw all these things, but everyone's like, no, like, but let's talk. You're like, hey, everybody come look behind this curtain. Like, <laughs> let me just tell you about it. Everyone's like, no, we're good. No. And I like, I feel like this is where I hesitate talking about it because I sound super fucking judgy and like, oh, like I've like, I know the secret of life. I'm just saying, I think I have a lot of friends here that are not happy, but they're doing it because they, they think they should. A lot of my friends also are really happy and are doing great in their jobs and are living with partners that they are very much in love with and are getting engaged. I think that is incredible. But I think I just wish more people were open, even telling them like some people are like, oh, like I want to keep traveling. And some people are like, oh, that's amazing. But some people are like, but like, what are you going to do when you get back? And how are you going to like sustain that? And what about your career? And like, wait, so if you're traveling and like, so when you come back, what, you'll be 30 and you know, just things like that. That's, I don't know. I got that question so much right before I left and right as I got home. And I, I didn't work for like a month and a half. I didn't even apply for a job for a month. And I applied for the job that I ended up working, the temp job that I'm, it's my last day is next Friday. Um, <laughs> and bless. And it was, it was fine. And like the timing was exactly what I wanted because I thought that I was going to be moving to California this October, but instead I'm going back to school this October, which is still very, very exciting. Um, but it was like everybody that I spoke to when I was getting ready to leave and I was really being like, Hey, where are you going to be this weekend? I might be in your city. Cause I'm not working for the first month and a half that I'm home. I didn't know how long I wasn't going to be working, but yeah. I really wasn't worried about it. I was like, I have this wedding and then it's Memorial day and then it'll be this and this and whatever. So I want to like, I want to be able to enjoy at least a couple of weeks before I start working. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know where I was going to work. And I wasn't fucking worried about it at all because I had just done not consecutively, but essentially six months of travel. And my brain was like, the universe has your back. Look at you living and learning. Everything will be fine. As long as you like have a good attitude, a good perspective and like, you put in effort to what you do and everybody was like, well, what are you, what are you doing for work? And like excited to ask me or, or maybe like angry that I had just had a, you know, a three month holiday, but like either way, <laughs> it was just like, it was like a little bit frustrating, but also it was like very empowering and it was also really funny. And this, like for me, I, and you and I have spoken about this, but like for me, the podcast was a huge, huge turning point because it went from, I, and I started the podcast two weeks after I started the job. So I started in this job and I was in an office and I was like, wow, you know, I, I turned 30 the, the day after I got home from Europe this time. And it was like, 
okay, the world's going to end. Like, this is the end of good conversations. This is the end of deep connections. This is the end of, it's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> and wouldn't be it, a podcast without Liz singing. It wouldn't be. <laughs> and it just, it, it just was. And so I kind of was like forcing this positivity because I was like, I still have the blog. I still have the Instagram. Like I'm doing the Instagram, you know, TVs now, the IGTVs. So like, I, I really got to like stick with it. And I'm like, I'll just stay happy and everything will stay fine. And right. then kind of the universe nudged me to the podcast and a couple of things aligned and I started the podcast and it was like this like literal shift of my entire being where everything that I had been doing up to that point made perfect sense now because it was like, I've been having these connections with people. I've been talking about like dark stuff and now I'm going to start this podcast and the whole project is going to be about finding interesting people, having interesting conversations and talking about hard stuff. And so all of a sudden I'm seeking out interesting people. I'm seeking out interesting conversations. All of a sudden I'm putting myself out there on the line. Like I've never done before. Like I thought I had been doing, like I really thought I had been doing it, but it turns out like having this like vision and having this like goal of like the goal is have the best fucking time. The goal is put out the best fucking thing that you can. And that's what we do while we're traveling. That's what we do when we're on vacation, right? Everybody does that on vacation. We don't do that in real life. We don't bring that curiosity home. And so that was something that you and I really connected with over the last few weeks because you were like, I listened to your first episode and you were like, I just thought like, well, I'll just leave again and like, fuck everybody in America. And then I was like, well, I can make a difference though. Like, what if we could all be happier? What if we all like brought out our curiosity? So it's been so interesting to watch your transition and the ups and downs just these last couple of weeks. Totally. Yeah. Your podcast has really been like a good support for me during this time because I'll like listen to it and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I'll, I'll talk to a friend and that's the thing is like, I was talking to one of my friends and she's like, how are you doing since you've been back? And like, maybe old Amy would have been like, oh, it's like hard, but it's so nice. Like having my own room and like just focusing on the positives. Um, but like the truth is like, when I got back, I was super unhappy and I was telling people that like anyone that asked, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really miserable right now. And you know what that did? It opened up other people to be vulnerable. And then I was starting to have these conversations with people and I like the conversations that I had had traveling and I was like, oh, I like, we can have those talks here. We can, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't end um, when traveling and that sort of thing. And I really do believe like everyone has a story and not just people that, that go and live in Europe. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's been, I think I'm still on the same page. <laughs> I'm still thinking, yeah, I want to leave. Um, but I'm super inspired by you being like, wait, I'm going to stay and I can make a difference here. And I've been thinking of ways that I can make a difference here. And part of that has been like, I've really in the last couple of weeks been on this vulnerability kick and just like anytime something pops into my head, even if it's uncomfortable, I, I just say it. And I've been really impressed. Um, even on like my Instagram story, like I was going through a hard time and I posted like there's like this metaphor about like the waves and like when you go through a wave and all sort of thing and you know what people message back and they're like I'm going through a wave too and then you start that conversation and in that moment you feel less alone and I really I think what's the biggest takeaway that I've had from your podcast um is that these times of like your twenties and thirties, like it really is a confusing time. And it's, there's a lot of options and there's a lot of pressure, especially from like social media and all this stuff. Um, but it's like, we're all fighting this same battle or we're all on the same search. We're all experiencing these, the same thing side by side, but people aren't talking about it. Um, and how much better would the world be if we all just talked about it and we all connected and we just felt less alone and less isolated. 
You're like, I know that's the whole point of this podcast. (laughs) That's like the point of the podcast. That's the whole point, you guys. It's the whole point. I mean, literally Um, after every podcast I listen to of Liz, I I send her a voice message on WhatsApp and I'm like, oh my God, did you know? And then I basically just summarize what she taught me in the podcast. But in like six minutes though. So I'm always like, damn it. I needed to, I needed to be six minutes. How do no, you do my it? My voice messages are like almost as long as your podcast. Come on. They're so <laughs> long. They're like seven, six minute ones, but. Um. I'm like four or five of them. Sometimes I died. The The last set took me like four days to listen. To. I was like, I just don't have time for this right now. I know. I saw that they had like gone through, but you hadn't listened. I was like, uh huh. Yeah. She's looking at them being like five minutes, four minutes, six minutes. And she's 23 minutes. <laughs> Carry the one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Super funny. Um, no, but it's, it's, it's so cool to like open up a dialogue. So same thing that you did with the posting on Instagram of like something that's like not super happy and people open up to you about it and start talking to you about it. It's the same thing with the podcast. Like, and even just you opening up to me, like you've inspired so many episodes already just by talking to me about episodes you've already heard, first of all. And also like us sharing in like the darkness is it's so important to have that. And we just, we forget that we are so concerned with like looking cool and looking good and looking better and who fucking cares what we look like. Like, wouldn't you rather actually be happy than look happy? I don't fucking want to look happy. I want to be happy. Yeah. And I think that like, so you talk about like big D, big D darkness and little D darkness. Right. Um, and definitely since I've been back, like the first two weeks was like big D darkness for sure. Feeling super lonely and isolated and having trouble adjusting all of that. Um, But through having conversations with people, it's like, this is something that I learned abroad, but I was having trouble applying it to this situation I'm in now because I'm back to being in my comfort zone. Like it was easy for me to like, I lost like three phones and, and it was really hard. Like in Lisbon, I was like, Oh my God, like it was a really, really hard time. But I like, I told myself like, okay, like I can get through this. And like, I have to have the breakdown to have the breakthrough. Like, and in my journal, I was like, this is a list of all these things this year that I didn't think that I would make it through, but I did. And then I had another column where I was like, here's all the things I need to go through that I don't think I will, but I will like, or I don't think I'll like get through, but I know I will. And then I list all those things. Um, And I just think that, um, I mean, even talking when you were like, okay, so like, give me your spiel. Like, you know, tell me like what, you know, tell me about like why you went abroad or tell me, you know, your story. Like, where does it start? It starts at that school and it starts at that job. And every time I talk to someone when I was traveling and they're like, oh my God, what are you doing being a pub call leader in Spain? Like, you know, and it, it always started with me being a teacher at that school. And what I realized was like, while I was going through it and while I was going to therapy for the, you know, that first time, all I could say was, why is this happening to me? I'm so upset. I hate being upset. This is so hard. Why do I have to go through this? This is so unfair. I was completely feeling like a victim, feeling like I would never get through it. Then I'm like in Europe and I'm like, thank God that that year was, that school year was so hard. If it had just been like, okay, or whatever, and I could stand it, I probably wouldn't have gone to therapy. I would have made it till the end of the year. And then I probably would have just taught at a different school. And I never would have had these experiences. Um, so, or met Jenna. Or met Jenna. <laughs> and, and so, thank God. most importantly. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that um, now, like when I go through hard times, like, like when I was going through hard times in Europe, I would kind of go on these long walks and I would take these deep breaths and I would say like two mantras over and over again. And one was, I have faith in the universe that will all work out. And then the second one was times of discomfort help me grow. And it's so easy to look when you're in a good spot <laughs> to look back and be like, oh my God, I, you know, that was a hard time, but it helped me grow. It was great. When you're in it and when you're in that wave or in that big D darkness, it feels so overwhelming and like you'll never get through it. And it just, it sucks. It's shitty. Um, and you just, you just so desperately want to be out of it. But right now I'm in this, I was in this wave, like for the first two weeks. And I kind of, through talking to people, through listening to the podcast, through rereading my journal, I thought, you know what, 
I'm going to appreciate this time. I am going through something so shitty and so hard right now, but that means that I really truly believe that something good will come out of this, that I'm going to grow from this and that something like a breakthrough is around the corner. And I honestly believe that six months from now, I'm going to look back at these, this first month back and I'm going to be like, thank God I had such an awful time because it forced me to feel this, which forced me to act upon this. And now I'm here and I can't imagine not having this experience. So I'm so thankful that I went through that hard time. So it's kind of changed my outlook on these because the waves are never going to go away. You know, that's life. And, but you need the pain in order to have the good things. So I, my mindset has, has changed a lot. And, and then I've been sharing that with other people that were like, I'm going through a wave too. And then it's like, I'm telling them, well, that means that something good's around the corner. You have to have the breakdown to have the breakthrough. And it's like, I'm honestly telling myself that, you know, by telling them. Um, but yeah, it's, I used to really have trouble coping with sadness and coping with stress and all of that sort of thing. And now after putting myself out of my comfort zone for a year, I'm like, I can, I can handle this because I've handled so much before and I know I'm going to come out the other end stronger and this is going to lead to something more fulfilling. It's, it's so true. And I, I was like so touched when you spoke that second mantra to me the other day when we were supposed to do our podcast and instead just talked on the phone for two hours. <laughs> Classic. Hours. <laughs> because you weren't feeling it. I don't know if you want to talk about that. <laughs> but like – I, first of all, so respected you just saying, you know, I'm like not vibing right now. Like I'm not in a place to do this because people respect honesty. I don't want you to fucking come on and be in a pissy mood. And we talked and we laughed and we were fine. Like we still had the full podcast recording episode conversation. We just didn't like, it's just not going to be published. (laughs) And it was fine. And there were so many laughs and you were great, but it was really touching and really powerful to hear you acknowledge that. And I wrote it down. Hold on. (laughs) Times of discomfort help me grow. Right. Is that what it is? I like loved it. And, and the fact that you acknowledged it while you were in it is so, so powerful because we just have this tendency to want to just push it away, brush it under the rug. It's fine. Everything will be fine. Put that positive spin on it. And like my, one of my latest uh, catchphrases for the podcast is uh, realistic positivity with a side of darkness because (laughs) it's, I'm not just being positive. And like, it's really hard to like elevator pitch this podcast because I'm like, it's just like, you know, just some motivation, like be a little bit more authentic, be a little bit more yourself, like be a little happier in your skin. But it's not just like, look on the bright side. And like, if you have a good attitude about things, because I know that that's not fucking real life. Like, just like you said, like the waves will always come. And it's so important to acknowledge that time and like honor that space that you need and like give yourself whatever you need during those times to grow and, and to just face it. And I think if you do have a good attitude and if you are willing to delve into those scary conversations and be honest with yourself and trust yourself and ask yourself what you really need, what you really want, I mean, you can, you really can have the breakthrough. You can have the breakthrough any moment, but you have to face it. Yeah. And I think definitely what I've, something I've learned about the waves is I feel like, okay, no one likes being sad. But I feel like I've actually, <laughs> I think I, I've like disliked it more than most people because other people, maybe they're just like, oh, this sucks, but like, it's okay. I'll get through it. Whereas, you know, when I was going through quitting that job, I was like, I will never feel happiness again. Like those moments of like, I will never feel joy. And I, I mean, in Galway specifically, the first three months, like I was going through my first breakup. It was six and a half years. The relationship ended. and. I did that. I that I went abroad, and I was dealing with this like very very hard breakup, um, like because we ended things in like a really good place. We were just taking time. We wanted to like do our own thing, um, and I was dealing with that breakup, having my heart like my heart was broken for the first time, and I was dealing with it completely on my own in a foreign country with no community, no friends, and everyone else in California and Colorado was like. 10 hours, you know, it's a different time zone. I couldn't talk to my sister, except if it was on the weekends, it was, I mean, it was incredibly hard, but then shit would come up later that, 
in that, in the year. And I'm like, if I can get through that, I can get through this. Like it gave me that like perspective of like, you know, I would write in my journal. I'm so upset about this. I don't think I'll ever get through it. And then three days later I'd write in my journal. I had the best day. Like, and it just made me realize that feelings are fleeting, the painful ones, the joyful ones. And I think especially in the waves or in the deep, deep darkness is, um, is really like feeling your feelings. I think in Galway, I tried really hard to suppress those feelings and to do fun things and to push myself to go out and meet people when I wasn't ready. And, you know, like when I was feeling sad, I just tried to push past it. And it's like, it is kind of like a wave. Like if you resist the wave, it's going to hit you harder. If you go with it and you feel your feelings and you validate it and you say, Hey, like I'm going through a breakup by myself in a foreign country. This is hard. This would be hard for anyone. Um, and just give yourself that grace and be gentle with yourself. Then you're going to, you're going to move through that wave more gracefully and get through it and learn from it in a, in a better manner than if you're just trying to suppress it. And by the end, when like shit things happen and I got my phone stolen in Lisbon and I had this really awful night, I don't want to go into the details about how I lost my phone, but it was this awful time. And I just, I, but then I told myself, I'm sad right now. I'm upset. I know it's just a phone, but it's my lifeline to back home. It's my connection to my community. Like now to all my friends across Europe, I don't have it anymore. And it was, but I was like, this is hard. I will get through it, but I really just need to be sad. And people in Lisbon were like, let's, I mean, so nice. The people in my hostel were trying to like cheer me up, but they're like, let's go do this and let's go on this pub crawl. And this, and I was just like, no, that doesn't feel good to me right now. Like I just need to like sit in the sadness. And everyone's like, you're just going to spend the day in the hostel. Like, come on, like you're in Lisbon. And I'm like, I hate Lisbon. <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> I was, no, I was like, I was like, country no, I, is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need, I need this day. And that was the thing was advocating for myself and really getting more in touch with what I needed and not, and like other people were trying to be helpful, but I was like, no, I, I need to sit in the sadness. I need to wallow. And that's how I'm going to get through this. And then a week later, I was in Porto. I was out of, I was out of Lisbon, um, but I was, I was in like such a better place, but I needed that time of like feeling the sadness and really going all in to like get through it. Right. Absolutely. And I think that that was like something that you and I connected mm-hmm. on like initially after, after we'd split in Galway was that was kind of like the recurring theme. And that was like kind of something that just, I mean, that was such a major inspiration to me at the beginning of this journey, as far as like starting the blog back in January was feeling like letting yourself feel, but that was like, that is what I remember as like the recurring theme that we would have, like the, of our conversations, like via Instagram DM of like, just feel the feelings. Just right. like let it like sit with you, let it wash over you and just feel the feelings. Yeah. It's been, it's definitely been a process for me, but like here I am back in California and I'm feeling the feelings and it's, it's just generally feeling less overwhelming than I think it would have a year ago. And here I am like, you know, I'm back and I'm, you know, I'm working a temporary job and I'm making money, which is great. Um, and then I want to travel again, but I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, maybe South Korea, maybe South America. And when I think ahead, I'm like, you know, in three months, I don't know which country I'm going to be in, but I'm not worried about it right. because I think either way that I, wherever I go, even if it's not even those two places, like I know it's going to, I'm going to go to one of those places and be like, oh my God, thank God I chose this place, you know, because I just really do have faith in the universe. And where I used to, I definitely used to have analysis paralysis. I couldn't make a decision to save my life. I got everyone's advice about everything. Every year I went back to that school to teach. I would talk to all my friends back home. I would talk to my boyfriend at the time. I'd be like, do you think I should do it? What would you do? And like now I'm looking and I'm like, that's why I was out of touch with my gut because that muscle was really weak. I was relying on other people to make my decisions. And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So when I would see Jenna and she'd be like, well, what do you want? And I'd be like, I have no idea. Right. And that was like, but then when I was solo traveling, even like little things about like, I'd wake up and be like, what am I going to do today? Or do I want to eat right now? What do I want to eat? There's no one there to like bounce ideas off of. And that's, you know, you like that muscle became so strong this year that now I'm here and I'm like, I know I want to keep traveling. And all my friends here are in a different path. 
But I'm like, I know that's not right for me. And I don't feel anxious about it. And I don't feel jealous. I feel like so certain. And when other people make comments to me, I'm like, I respect their viewpoints. You know, I think my mom's a little worried about me. I respect her viewpoint, but I'm also, I know what I want to do. And I'm not, I'm not being influenced anymore because I know what I want. And that is something that another way that I've like changed this year is just really like feeling that pull from within and trusting it and being like, I'm going to go for it because I don't want to live life with regrets. Even though on some level in the back of my head, I'm like, maybe I should be focusing on a career. Maybe I should be saving money. But like right now that pull is telling me to travel. So I'm going to follow that until it, until I'm saying, okay, no, I'm ready to go back and settle. Right. Wow. (laughs) We're coming up on an hour. So I do want to wrap it up here in a minute, but I think I want you to tell us the story about the other phone that you lost. So you told us about the phone in Lisbon. I want to hear, it might've even been the same one, but the one where you met your, your friend was the yogi. Yeah. Um, so first phone lost in Lisbon on a night out, uh, super, super sad about it. The second phone was a replacement phone, um, that this amazing girl, shout out to Natalie. She gave me her, her backup phone, um, which was like a galaxy S seven or something. So she gave and me it's this. It's so funny because I had said that if you had lost your phone in Galway, I would have given you my backup phone Yeah, and like the camaraderie between travelers. Oh, like it's unreal. Think that like you need like the best lock for the hostels because people are going to steal your shit. No, right. like you need like the biggest, like, like, like bread dish. I, I don't know. You need like the most yeah. food to give your friends because like you just, everybody is just friends yeah. and like loves each other and would literally give you the shirt off their back at any time because we're all in the same boat of like, this is all I have. Everything I own is right here. You know, even if you're like just on holiday, like people, yeah. And just like fellow travelers would just they're just so loving and generous and caring. And obviously like there's a bad egg in every, or there's a bad apple in every bunch. And like, no matter what like world you're living in, there are good people and bad people. And so it's the same for travelers, but it was just, I felt like it was just so many more people were caring. And even if it was only like three to one, like I have to do an episode on this at some point where I will give the numbers. Cause you know, I love my research, mm-hmm. the numbers of like couch surfers and travelers that I met. And I came to this conclusion, I'll tell the whole story in another episode, but I came to this conclusion where basically three and every 12 people that I met were like, not that great. But the other nine people that I met were wonderful. And three of those other nine people, I would have been best friends with in any life. In any life, they would have been my best friends in the world. And then six people were totally cool. They might not, uh, maybe we didn't like vibe like best friends, but like they were totally cool. Only three people that sucked out of 12. Like that's not bad. Totally. Yeah. I think, yeah, like losing my phone in Lisbon was like definitely a low, but holy shit. Did everyone, everyone in that hostel knew that I was going through it because I was like crying all over the place but it was like everyone came together and like you know Natalie gave me her phone and this guy Glenn from the Netherlands he like was a professional chef and like made me mussels because he knew that was my favorite seafood and like made me brunch every morning like he just cooked for me the rest of the time I was there everyone was checking in on me like it was like a lot of support um okay so that was the first phone Then, um, so she gave me her backup phone and I finished my two weeks traveling through Portugal, just backpacking. And then I went to Budapest for my last volunteer job, which was like a pub crawl leader at a hostel. And I led a pub crawl and I lost my phone on the pub crawl. And the next day I was, I was less sad about this phone. Like it didn't have that many photos on it. I had gotten it for free. Like I was obviously less attached to it, but I woke up the next day just feeling like, I'm such an idiot. And also I was, so I was talking to, um, this guy from Guatemala named Fresh. who's like very, like, it's <laughs> very present yogi meditates, all that. And I just told him, I was like, Oh, I'm just so annoyed at myself. And I'm annoyed at the situation. I have to go spend 100 to 150 euros on a new phone and blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, but what if you don't? And I was like, what do you mean? What if I don't? And he was like, well, like, 
have you ever gone without a phone before? And I was like, uh, not since I was 12. Uh, <laughs> and, and he was like, well, why don't you just try it for a few days? Like, you know, it's not like you're, tra- you're doing backpacking right now. You're living in Budapest for the next month. Um, we have computers at the hostel where you can like check your Facebook, like just maybe see what it's like. Like maybe you'll find that you can be more present without it. And I was like, hmm. And also I was feeling like super cheap at the time. And I was like, yeah, I don't really feel like spending 100 to 150 euros. Um, And so I went without a phone. I ended up going about, I think a month and a half total without a phone. And it was super liberating. And I'll never forget that. So this was around like my first week in Budapest. And part of my job was going on these boat parties. Um, And I was on my first boat party. And I just remember like looking around and just feeling so happy and like talking to my new volunteer friends and like, you know, just dancing and drinking and all this stuff. And I know that if I had had a phone, I would have been like taking videos for my Instagram story and taking photos with other people for social media and, you know, or like just to capture memories, you know what I mean? And there were fireworks. And I just remember looking on everyone had their phone in the air. Like, look, and I know that if I had my phone, I would have been doing the same thing. But instead I just looked up just with my eyes and I watched these fireworks and I just remember feeling so happy. And like, yeah, I don't have pictures of that night, but like, I remember it so vividly. And just for the next, you know, month and a half of not having my phone, I felt like I was talking to more people. I was obviously spending less time on social media because I didn't have anything to look at social media. And I, it just, it felt super freeing, but I just took it as a sign of like, I lost like three phones in the matter of like less than a month. And I was like, this is, I don't think the universe could be speaking any louder that I should not have a phone right now. And then I would go on these long walks around Budapest and I was like, oh, I don't have a pub, uh, I don't have a pub crawl. I don't have a podcast to listen to. I don't have music to listen to. And you know what I did? I listened to my own thoughts and it was a really important realization for me. And then I was just like, oh, thank God I lost all those phones. Um, you know, it just, it all works out. Like I look back on my time at Lisbon. I'm like, thank God I lost that phone. And at the time I thought the world was crashing all around me. So definitely just more faith in the universe. Everything works out and you got to have that pain to grow. And that just, it just makes life more fulfilling in the long run. So true. All right. I think that's a perfect way to end. Everybody throw your phones away for a month and a half, yes. but, but download this, uh, you know, on a desktop or something. Yeah. <laughs> All your podcast numbers go crashing down because everyone gives up their phone. I could only hope. <laughs> honestly like the world would be better if we all got rid of our phones uh-huh. all right thank you so much amy i loved this and i can't wait to have you back next time maybe we'll do like a couple of quick topic combos because yeah. i just love picking your brain <laughs> and i and we know that i love talking a lot so <laughs> <laughs> um where can they find you do you want to be found on instagram or anything um sure if you want <laughs> If you want to follow me, uh, my Instagram is at Amy Karen Fillion, K-A-R-A-N-F-I-L-I-A-N. Yeah. And I'll post it in the show notes. Yes. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for being here. All right. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Or find me on Instagram at Liz Without a Pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.